Hey, this is Pastor Chris from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, and I just wanted to share with you in the few minutes we have that God's people are encouraging. God's people are encouraging. If there's ever a time when we need encouragement, it's now. Matter of fact, I can't believe on Facebook and uh, some of the conversations and stuff that are happening between Christ followers, all the arguments, and people are getting really upset about all sorts of things. I'm going to name some issues. I'm not taking a side right here in this video or online, really, but uh, protests. So the George Floyd thing talked about church. Uh, God's people are unified uh, last week. You can listen to that if you want. But um, this week, the protests, the looting, the burning, all the crazy stuff that just keeps going on. Uh, Christians, uh, people in the community, uh, neighbors are arguing on, uh, should you protest? You shouldn't protest. You have to protest. Uh, should you loot? Should you damage things? Uh, you have to damage things to uh, get your message heard, or you shouldn't damage things because then people won't hear your message. Should you loot? Should you not? not loot. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that you're not supposed to steal. But anyway, uh, police, we should get rid of police. We should have more police. We should do more to support the police. We should do more to um, abolish the police department. Politics, Democrats, Republicans, do we follow other groups? Uh, Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. You know, some people say that we're all for supporting black lives, but the actual Black Lives Matter group is an organization that has a belief statement, and maybe we should check into that. <clears throat> Arguments about the COVID-19 thing. Uh, should we wear a mask? Should we not wear a mask? Do we need to do more to protect ourselves and others? Should we do less to protect ourselves and build that herd humidity? Uh, uh, humidity. <laughs> that herd immunity. Uh, COVID. Are we scared? Are we not scared? A friend of mine told me of a co-worker that's been in the hospital for quite a while in an induced coma and how long it's going to take for him to recover. So that is a real virus. Um, no justice, no peace, they chant. Uh, truly, we know as Christ followers, no Jesus, no peace. How can God's people be encouraging? Uh, we need to encourage one another. And I wanted to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 to see what Paul and Silas and Timothy had to say about being encouraged, about being encouraging, about how you and I need to encourage one another. So let's just get a uh, look at what Paul was going through and uh, before he, uh, as he was in Thessalonica and uh, get a general idea of the context. It was also protesting and riots and the loudest voices being heard. And so Acts 17.1, when Paul and his companions had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went to the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, Paul said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas. Yay, there's victory there as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. So you see the, the mix there of Jews and Greeks, and uh, women weren't highly regarded back then, but they were part of it too. So here we see some unity happening as people are coming to Christ. But anyway, uh, but other Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. We know what that looks like, right? Watch the news lately. 
They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. Verse 6, but when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other believers before the city officials shouting, these men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here. And Jason Jason has welcomed them into his house. They are all defying Caesar's decree, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. Then they made Jason and the others post bond and let them go. As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. And arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue and did the same thing again. And if you keep reading, it said that the Bereans are actually more noble than the Thessalonians, the Thessalonians, and they would uh, search scripture to see if what Paul was saying was true or not. Anyway, so you can read about that in Acts. But I just wanted to focus on three things from First Thessalonians about encouraging one another. And uh, here we go. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, God's people are encouraging, encouraging. You and I need to be encouraging and encourage each other, encourage each other, build each other up. A matter of fact, the book of 1 Thessalonians is about encouragement. The book of 1 Thessalonians, the key verses are about encouragement. Chapter 4, verse 18, therefore, encourage one another with these words. First uh, Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. So we are to encourage, we are to be encouraged, we are to be encouragers. So matter of fact, sometimes when you encourage people from scripture and help um, them find balance in the midst of all the turmoil that we see on TV and all the debates and all the stress, there's some people that I guess are suffering from crisis fatigue, that it's just too much between, between the virus and then all the, the protests and the looting and everything else. It's just overwhelming, and we can be an encouragement, an encouragement to them to help them find peace in Christ. So let me give you three, three things that would help encourage people to make you an encouraging person in the church, because God's people are encouraging. All right, number one, participate in the life of your local church. Participate in the life of your local church. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 1, 1, Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of Thessalonica, uh, to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. So real quick, your local church. Now we learned over the last two months that we can all go digital and we can have digital church and we can put our services on YouTube and Facebook and Vimeo and I didn't put anything on TikTok or Instagram. But anyway, there's all these services and we can go live, and we could sit at our house, and we could watch church. Um, but I watch church in California. I watch church in Oklahoma. I watch churches in Texas, and I don't feel connected to those people. I don't look at myself and say, well, you know, I could maybe serve in the online ministry, but yeah, I can reach out to those people. I know those people. Uh, if I have a need, those people uh, I could connect with, no. So yes, the, the large church, the uh, universal church, the other churches around and all their resources are great to inspire you, sometimes equip you and help you. But then we serve together in the local church. And the Bible is all about the local church and the church of the Thessalonians, the church of Berea, uh, the church that had a location. So uh, Imbal Plain River Rock Church is a local church that you could participate in. And we would love for you to be part of the local church. And anyway, we want to encourage you um, to 
be part of your local church, to become a member of your local church, to give to your local church, to serve in your local church, to pray for your local church, participate in the life of your local church. So Paul was the main writer. Paul, the apostle, is out preaching the Gentiles, and Silas is another great man of God serving with him. And then Timothy is kind of the young apprentice. He's learning and serving, and together they are trying to reach people, going from place to place, trying to reach people. And it's a great thing. But uh, to the church of the Thessalonians and God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. So the Greek word for church is ekklesia, meaning assembly. And it not assembly wasn't distinctly a Christian word. Uh, back in that time, the people were part of the assembly in, the, in Thessalonica. And this assembly was in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This assembly was based upon following after the Lord. This assembly was the church. So we need to be part of the community. We need to be part of an assembly. We need to be part of a church. You know, a church doesn't necessarily have to have a building. It needs to have people. So we go through life and we um, should participate in a church. When we move to a new community, we should say, hey, where's the church I'm going to plug into? When we are thinking about moving to a different place, we want to find um, you know, what, where are we going to go next? Or what are we going to do to serve? Or what can we do to plant a church? Or um, unless you live in the middle of nowhere and there's absolutely no church anywhere, I'm thinking that just internet church is probably not going to meet all the needs that uh, you have and fulfill God's plan for your life. So anyway, Greek church is assembly. So now let's look at this grace and peace to you. Ephesians 1, 2 to 3. Ephesians 1, 2 to 3 says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So grace and peace to you from our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. So, Went the wrong way. Grace means God's unmerited favor. Peace refers to the peace that Christ made between believers and God through his death on the cross. In these two words of greeting, Paul combined expressions from Jewish and Gentile customs. Jews wished each other peace, shalom, and Gentiles wished each other grace, charis, uh, charis, uh, when Christians use these words in greeting. The meaning was significant. Christ offers grace in the form of life's greatest blessings and the ability to handle difficulties. He offers peace that is an inner calm no matter what the outward circumstances, which means that whatever's going on in the world today, we can walk hand in hand with Jesus and seek him for peace. There's a bunch of people that are terrified. There's a bunch of people that are concerned. There's a bunch of people that feel hopeless. There's a bunch of people that say the world has fallen apart. Jesus, please come back for us soon. Please come back for us now. Please take us to heaven now. Get us out of here. And other people are like, what a great opportunity to serve Jesus in the midst of this crisis and difficulty when so many people are lacking peace, when so many people feel hopeless, when so many people need encouragement, when so many people need grace and peace. Jesus said in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, so do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. We need to claim that verse. We need to walk in that verse. We need to live that verse during this difficult period of time that we live in. Peace means to be bound, joined, and woven together. It means to be assured, confident, and secure in the love and care of God. It means to sense and to know that God will guide you, 
provide for you, strengthen you, sustain you, deliver you, encourage you, empower you, and bless you. And it means that God will guide the local church, provide for the local church, strengthen the local church, sustain the local church, deliver the local church, encourage the local church, empower the local church, and bless the local church as believers congregate together to worship, to serve, to encourage each other, and to build each other up. All right, number two, invest in appreciating and praying for your church. Invest in appreciating and praying for your church. First Thessalonians 1, 2. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We always thank God for all of you. So um, when we think about people in the church, we should pray for them by name. Uh, We should remember them by name. We should get to know them by name. You know, sometimes people come to church and they're like, oh, I just don't feel connected. It's like, well, because you show up at the last minute and you're the first one out the door. Uh, or I don't feel like anybody invited me over. Well, maybe you weren't somebody that was hanging around where somebody said, hey, I think that person wants to be invited over. You know, as a pastor, sometimes I just struggle with inviting people to do certain things because sometimes it hasn't gone very well for me. So I don't know if they're, I'm a scary person or what, but I have uh, had people come to church for like a month. And they come through the door and greet them. And says, so oh, remember, we used to shake hands. Remember we used to do that? We're not doing that anymore. At least we're not now. Uh, elbow bump, not even, just a wave. But anyway, they would come and uh, consistently. I would say, hey, you know, I'm so glad you've been coming to church. And I'd just love to get to, get to know you better, my, my wife and I. Maybe we could take you out to dinner. Maybe we could take you out for coffee. Maybe we could take you out for dessert. Something. And they'd be like, oh. And some people would be like, oh, that'd be great. Let's do that. Other people would be like, oh, I would think about it. Other people are like, okay. And then they never come back to church. It's like, what just happened there? Did, were they really that afraid? Are they hiding something? I don't really know. But um, I want to connect with those people, but I don't know if they want to be connected with. Another experience that I had in churches that was difficult is we went to a church and a couple people, like two couples, they're like, oh, it's so great to meet you. You just seem like such a nice family. I think our kids would get along great. Why don't you come on over to our house for dinner? Oh, yeah, it'd just be so wonderful. We go over to their house for dinner. And they are like, hey, while you're here, let me tell you about this business that we're part of, that you could be part of. You need some extra income. You like to, you like to make some extra for your family. You like to be self-employed. You like to, like to get financially secure. Well, come on over with us. Help us to sell this product. Help us to sell these vitamins. Help us to sell this fitness stuff. I remember this one couple invited us over, and they were bodybuilders. I mean, they were like super strong and everything like that. And, uh, oh, come on over. We'd just love to be your friends. And we want you to sell these supplements. Oh, you're not going to sell the supplements? Oh, we don't have time for you. So anyway, uh, church, people are messed up. Uh, We, everybody's messed up. Some people are afraid of relationships. Other people uh, want relationships and we just don't know it. So somehow we have to bridge the gap and try to invite people over. Uh, You need to try to do all that you can connect and we need to try harder to connect. But we need to invest in appreciating people too. So not only do we try to get together with them, but maybe we compliment them on things they do. You know, uh, every worship team member that's pouring their heart out there singing when we used to be able to do that. Hopefully we'll be able to do that soon. Loves to hear from somebody. Oh, you 
your voice blessed me. That song was just a delight. I really appreciate the joy that you show. Every pastor likes to hear, hey, pastor, that was a, that was a good sermon. And even better, they like to hear what about it they liked. Sometimes I like to go and find people's notes when we used to have notes and bulletins. Now we're not passing those out right now. But I like to go and see uh, what they wrote down on their note sheet if they left it behind, see if they got anything out of the message. I always like to see, you know, spiritual things more than grocery lists. But anyway, invest in appreciating people. Invest in appreciating. I have a file. uh, You know, it's a thing that holds these papers back in the days when people used to send cards and notes of encouragement, of encouraging notes that people would send that said, I appreciated this about you. When you did this, it really meant a lot to me. Uh, I'm so glad that you did this. And uh, those types of things, when I get discouraged, sometimes I go to the encouragement file and try to dig stuff up. If I'm really smart, if I get an encouragement email, I should print that off and put that in the file. So those days when I'm discouraged or think I should give up, that maybe I shouldn't because somebody was encouraging. So, but we need to encourage one another. Mark Twain had said in encouragement matters. He said, I can live two months on one good compliment. Now, we shouldn't always be fishing for compliments or doing all that we can to try to get somebody to encourage us. But if we would invest in appreciating people, if we would encourage people, it would help them. It would help them to want to serve more. It would help them to want to participate more. And I, I've gotten busy and I used to send a lot more thank you cards than I used to. Um, actually, a weird thing that's happened is since I used to have really good handwriting, good penmanship, but since I don't write as often as I do, my penmanship, my handwriting isn't as good anymore because my hand, my writing hand, it's not as good at writing because I don't write. So I become like Paul that says, see what large letters I use? Because now when I write a card, it's like, hey, let's use a Sharpie. I appreciate you. And I sign my name. And uh, anyway, sometimes when you invest in appreciating people, when you're always thanking God for those people, when you thank those people before you know you thank God and now you're thanking them and letting them know that you thank God for them, it's an awesome thing. You should do that. I should do that more. If you're serving in ministry, children's ministry, whatever ministry you've been serving in, I have probably not done the greatest job lately of telling you how much I appreciate you, but I do appreciate you in every way. So um, a prayer meeting, a few of us show up to the church prayer meeting on Saturdays. We try to think of people by name, pray for them by name, uh, thank God for them by name, invest in appreciating people in the church and even outside the church. And you will be an encouraging person and we will be an encouraging church. So invest in appreciating and praying for your church. Uh, So we need to pray. We need to pray. Um, Oh, by the way, Proverbs 16, 24 says, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. I like good honey. Do you like good honey? Proverbs 16, 24. Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5, 25 says, Dear brothers and sisters, pray for us. Pray for us. Prayer is huge. Prayer is work. Prayer is ministry. Prayer is effective. Prayer is important. Prayer is not a waste of time. We need to pray for others. Jesus said in Matthew 21, 22, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. If you believe, you will receive. Now, that's not a magical thing that, you know, you got a genie there and you got three wishes and you're just trying to get whatever you want. Um, But no, it is a faith in the Lord that causes you to ask believing, and then you could be receiving. Now, I know this doesn't work 100%. This is a general promise. This doesn't work 100% of the time because I've been asking for a church building for quite a while. So we've got 10 acres of land on the highway that's almost paid for. And, uh, you know, 
God's been generous in the way that he provided the land, uh, but we need a building. And I, you know, if it costs $250,000 to have a normal house in the town we live in, it costs like $700,000 to build a church building that would be um, sufficient. And so um, we're praying about that. We're, I don't know, looking for God to provide something amazing, a, a miracle that we can tell our children's children about. Uh, maybe you're watching this and you're like, well, I have all this money I don't know what to do with. Well, consider donating to the River Rock Church Building Fund, riverrockchurch.com give. We've been serving faithfully since 2001 and praying for a building and looking for a building and trying to trade our land for a suitable building. And it just hasn't worked out yet. But we keep praying, we keep hoping, we keep looking, and currently we uh, aren't able to rent the school, so uh, we're really looking hard now. So pray for us in that. Pray for us that we would find our own church building. Uh, On the other hand, I am glad that we are not a million dollars in debt on a building we can't afford. So there is that too. So Jesus said in John 15, 7, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. And there's that, there's that promise again, that, that promise that says um, when you're in Christ, when you're abiding in Christ, when you're in sync with Christ, the things that you ask are going to be the things that Christ wants you to have. Uh, you're not going to be sitting there saying, Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, please give me a new Jeep so that I can take the doors off and take the top off and enjoy your creation which would be really cool. And that's not bad if you have that, Steve. I know that you have one of those. But anyway, um, but that might not be God's will for you. Uh, But you do need transportation. So pray for that. Pray for transportation and be a good steward with your resources. Um, But anyway, when you're in sync and you pray specifically, God often answers in amazing ways. So don't ever not pray because you don't think that God will answer. Don't ever not pray because it seems so uh, impossible. But Jesus says, abide in me, remain in me and my words in you. Whatever you wish, when you ask for it, it will be done for you. So we need to be praying through, praying. Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes it happens right away. But be prayers and you will start to see your prayers getting answered. As a matter of fact, if you want to encourage yourself and others, have a prayer journal. Write down your prayer requests. Write down the things you're praying for, the things that you've asked for, and then write down when they're answered and how they were answered. And as you look back, you'll see how faithful God has been. And as you look forward, you'll have more faith to pray for things. All right, number three. Time goes by so fast. Number three, if you want to be encouraging in the church, if you want to be an encourager, serve the Lord together serve the Lord. So, um, so many people are takers, not givers. So many people want to be served. They want to have programs. They want to have all these things done for them, but they don't want to be part of it. They don't want to, they don't want to help serve. They just want to have somebody do things for them. Anyway, number three, serve the Lord together. First Thessalonians 1, 3. We remember before God, we remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So, uh, from a Bible commentary, Paul compliments the Thessalonians for their labor of love. This means the works were also the result of love. So Romans 5.5 says, And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. 
So the Holy Spirit fills our hearts with love. The Holy Spirit works in our life. The Holy Spirit helps us in so many ways. Titus 2.13 says, While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. Won't that be a great day when Jesus returns? I was thinking about that the other day, actually. The world seems to have changed so quickly in like the last few weeks or, you know, the months of the COVID thing. But uh, between everybody trying to avoid the COVID 19 virus and stuff. And now people around the world uh, protesting and um, it's like, man, if stuff like that can happen that fast, just think what happens when Jesus shows up, how, how many people will, will know, how many people will be able to react, how many people will be able to respond. What a great thing. Uh, that hope that Jesus is going to come back and get us. Actually, that's a message in the future as we get to 1 Thessalonians 4. But anyway, so serving together, uh, faith, hope, and love are anchors of the Christian life. Paul described how the Thessalonians' faith led to work, their love to labor, and their hope led to endurance. Faith, hope, and love. These char- Again, this is from a Bible commentary. These characteristics, these characteristics ought to be seen in all believers. Too often, however, a believer claims to have faith in Jesus Christ as Lord, but is not motivated to work to promote his kingdom or the spread of the gospel. I have faith, but that's not my job to share it. That's the pastor's job to share it. Someone else should do that. I got the faith, but I don't want to do anything to promote that. And that is not what God called us to do. That is not serving together. That is not encouraging We need to have faith in Christ and promote his kingdom and spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. A believer claims to have hope in Jesus Christ as the one in control of his or her life, but when faced with difficulty or disappointment, he or she does not endure in the faith and turns away. Or a believer claims to love Jesus Christ, but when serving in Christ's kingdom becomes labor, he or she backs off. We don't want to do that. That is not encouraging. That doesn't make us encouraging people. That does not make us encouraging an encouraging church. And God's people are encouraging. Faith, hope, and love must result in work, labor, and endurance that will guide all believers through life, showing what to do and how to do it. How are your faith, hope, and love being shown? Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Ephesians 2.10. So we're created in advance to do good works. You know, I was thinking about some of the things that we can do for good works and some of the things that churches choose to do for uh, some churches uh, claim that if they paint a house or clean a yard or whatever, that that's evangelism and that's good. Um, But actually evangelism is sharing faith in Christ with the hope that the person will repent of their sin, believe in Christ and get saved and become a disciple. So we really need to think about the works that we do. Uh, do they lead to eternal fruit? Uh, okay, <clears throat> anyway, 1 Thessalonians uh, 3, 4. Uh, serve the Lord together for we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. So the Holy Spirit is active in helping us to Uh, be convicted of our sin, to know that we need to follow Christ, a power to live the Christian life, a power to serve Christ in the way that he wants us to, and a deep conviction that what we are doing is right, a deep conviction that we need uh, to be saved, 
that we needed to be saved and others need to be saved, a deep conviction. You know, Jesus said in John 6, that no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me, and at the last day, I will raise them up. So we can't say, oh, I chose Jesus. I did the research, and I decided to purchase me some Jesus. No, instead, the Holy Spirit draws us. Uh, God the Father draws us to Jesus, and we respond based on that. So it's God's working in our life. If you're a Christ follower, you've been chosen. If you're a Christ follower, uh, the Holy Spirit drew you. The, the Father chose you. Uh, Jesus died on the cross for your sins so that you can be saved and spend eternity with him. Again, Jesus says in John 15, 16, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruits so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. So there's that, that tie-in again. That's my last name, tie-in. No, actually, that is that uh, connecting thing again that uh, Jesus appointed us to go and produce lasting fruit. Um, and then when we're doing that, then we can ask for whatever we need, the supplies we need, and we will get what we want asking for that in Jesus' name. That's why we always finish off our prayers by saying, and Lord, please provide this in Jesus' name. It's like a stamp of authority. It's like a signature on a check. So the question is, this fruit, this fruit helps us to live the Christian life the way we're supposed to. This fruit helps us to love God and love others. This fruit is leading to eternity, leading to eternal salvation. This fruit is lost people getting saved. It's saved people growing in their faith. It's people growing in their faith, learning how to do ministry and ministering to others. So will you live, love, and lead to eternity that kind of fruit that you've been chosen to? Because that would make you an encouraging person. That would make us an encouraging person church. Being chosen. Being chosen. Again, from a Bible commentary. Being chosen comes from the heart of God, not the mind of people. Being chosen should be an incentive to please God, not to ignore Him. Being chosen should give birth to gratitude, not complacency. Human responsibility requires that we actively confess Christ as Lord. Human responsibility focuses on living according to God's plan. Human responsibility requires that we share the gospel with everyone. So if I knew the cure for the COVID-19 virus, and I already mentioned that my friend, co-worker, has it really bad. If I knew the cure and I didn't share that with people, people would be mad at me. People would be all upset at me if I didn't share that with people. But worse than a virus, worse than a sickness is sin. Sin separates us eternally from God. Sin is the thing that gets in the way of us having a relationship and being accepted into heaven. Sin is when we do anything that's outside of God's will. Um, many people today don't even acknowledge there is sin or think that they're a sinner or think that God matters. But again, the Holy Spirit convicts, the Holy Spirit draws. And when they come under conviction and they realize that there's a, they are a sinner, they need to know what the cure is. And the cure is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. The cure is to repent, acknowledge that you are headed in the wrong direction and want to change directions. Quit running from God, start running to Him. To be saved, we don't work our way into heaven. We ask, acknowledging that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, that He rose again, and that He will return for us. So uh, a great way to do that is to pray something like, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Please come into my life and save me and make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow you. And when you encourage a lost people on how to get a lost person on how to get saved, then you are an encourager. <clears throat> so to sum it up, uh, if you want to be an encouraging person, participate in the in your local church. 
River Rock Church is a good one. Uh, participate in the local church. Number two, invest in appreciating and praying for your church. And three, serve the Lord together. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord in all the different ministries that you can think of. Ask for ways to serve. Find ways to serve. Um, Right now, we have to shut down a whole lot of programs because of the COVID-19 thing. Those will be opening up again. Uh, serving in the nursery, serving in adventure club, serving in the youth group, serving in a life group, serving um, each other, serving with hospitality, serving with set up and tear down, uh, serving um, in all sorts of different ways. You know, if we have people that have specific skills, then we can start new ministries and be even more encouraging as a church in our community. So the next time when we get together, it will be God's people grow stronger. So June 14th, the message from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 is God's people grow stronger. It's as if we've wandered the desert. Travelers without a home, together yet alone in this uncertainty. An uncommon time, unexpected, undefined, binds us, unites us, does not divide us, but reminds us of who we are. A body not a building, unrelenting, unyielding, persevering, revealing the faithfulness of God. Maybe this virus has started a fire inside us, ignited us, inspired us to live louder, love harder, care deeper. Six feet, six miles, or a world apart calling remains the same, for we are the body of Christ. So we just want to invite you to River Rock Church. So uh, currently we are meeting in a parking lot of an athletic field outside, but uh, eventually we'll find another place to meet. Uh, either way, the church is about people, not places, and you are invited. You're invited to connect with us. We have a private Facebook uh, group uh, on Facebook. It's called My River Rock, I think. Anyway, you're invited uh, to submit a prayer request. Go to riverrockchurch.com pray. Uh, if you'd like to hear past messages and uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, whatever, um, you can go to riverrockchurch.com, listen, and find out where those links are, how you can do that. Um, if you want to watch past videos, you can go to riverrockchurch.com watch and find the links there. The only way that River Rock Church survives financially is through people's generous giving. And there's five ways to give. Uh, you can give in person by dropping off your offering. You can give by mail to P.O. Box 184. You can give online, riverrockchurch.com give. Uh, we do have a mobile app on Realm. Uh, you can go to our website, find the link for that. And you can give by text. So what you would do is text River Rock and then church, so River Rock space church, and the amount to the number 73256 to get started uh, giving 
online. But anyway, thank you for taking the time. Let me just pray. Lord, I just thank you for these people that were watching. Lord, I pray that you'd bless them. I pray that they would find encouragement, that they would be encouragement. I pray that you would help our nation, our world to find peace in you and peace with each other. And that we could all get along and care about each other and uh, to love you and to love others. And that we would all uh, proclaim you, Jesus, as Lord, and uh, look forward to spending eternity with you and look forward to uh, great years of service while we wait for your return. So we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.